The following podcast isn't for the faint of heart. Adult language and themes ahead. Listener discretion is strongly advised. All the things I see when you lie to me. When you lie to me. Lie to me. Get ready to challenge your own opinions and ideas, because these folks are going there. Taboo Topics. Are back on the table. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm Matt. I'm LeJohn, and this is the Going There podcast. And you know something? When it comes down to sex, sex in general, such a taboo type of topic in this world. And the people here at Going There podcast, we're getting kind of tired of that. And we want to get deep into the thought and the mindset of the sex industry. And to help us with that today, we have the beautiful, most glorious and most awesome Miss Ellie Boo to help us with the phone sex uh, component of the sex industry. Welcome to the show, Miss Ellie Boo. Thank you, LaDon, for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Doesn't it sound good, folks? Wait, which one is the phone sex worker? LeJohn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't know? <laughs> yes, Ellie, thank you so much for being here. You know, as LeJohn mentioned, anybody who makes any kind of money off of any form of sex, it's like you suddenly get put into that bucket. Tell us about what it is that you do. Okay. I am a phone sex operator and trainer. The training component is basically other women who are looking to work from home and who are open-minded individuals. And uh, they are usually... Sexy? Uh, no, not sexy. Um... Phone owners. <laughs> <laughs> These are women who really are having a hard time just finding income in general. And they're usually maybe ex-strippers or... Um, porn stars or even just the average uh, Jane um, who's a single mother uh, and they are just looking for another avenue and they kind of just stumble upon phone sex. How did you get started into it? I got started into it because I needed to pay my rent and (laughs) I couldn't find a job quick enough. Um, I actually was on Craigslist one day and I was living in Atlanta at the time. And uh, I was with my roommate. I was there with her for like four months and I couldn't pay my part of the rent. And I felt so horrible about it. And I'm like, I just don't know what else to do. And there was a uh, an ad for webcamming. And webcamming is just basically an online stripper. And I or, or more. <laughs> <laughs> or more, yeah. And uh, so I wasn't sure if it was legit or not, but I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Let's see what happens. And um, yeah, like I became a webcam model first. Um, I made my first $1,000 in a week and I didn't have to leave the comfort of my bedroom. Is this ad still open? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And John, they tell you, stop calling. (laughs) What are you doing with that pizza slice? (laughs) No one wants to watch that. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the money came really quickly, very fast. And I was hooked. I was like, why do I need to get a regular nine to five paying minimum wage when I could just be nude at home. 
Did you get paid through like PayPal? Uh, no, direct deposit or check. Wow. So did you feel safe enough giving them your bank checking? Yeah, and like they number? they've been around for years. This uh, is a company they're established. Legit. Yeah, they're okay. an established company. Uh, there's quite a few of them. Okay. Okay. And but is the the phone sex company is that also like a larger? Company? Yeah, it's another company. Yeah. Okay. And they're and they are like legit existing companies. That yeah, don't, they've aren't been just around scams. for years, like twenty plus years. Like this is not something that just came out like a year or two ago. Yeah. Can I ask what the companies are called? Are you allowed to say? Um, I'd rather not give them promotion. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. But I can tell you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut it out. You can tell her right now. Oh yeah. Um was the webcam yeah. company. I get, I get emails from them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Matt, we can't do videos for you. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, naked black man eating pizza crying in the corner. <laughs> My friend. <That. laughs> it's just legit. It's just like a me. ton of videos. And I'm like, is that the same pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how old is that pizza? <laughs> I can recognize that pizza in any shot. <laughs> So sorry, don't did you look the the companies up? Like how did yeah. you vet it? Yeah, it was usually video testimonials to make sure that everybody was actually getting paid after they worked on the were, site. Were people naked in the video testimonials too? No, they were actually <laughs> a surprising amount of clothes they were They paid me within 13 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you started doing the camming stuff and then what what led you to transition into the phone cuz obviously with the camming stuff I'm assuming there's some if it's interactive, there's some form of talking anyway. Right, all right. Uh, it's usually one-sided. It's just like um, like an Instagram Live, just with nudity. Like, right. that's what it was. Um, so the audience or the viewers would just type whatever they wanted to see. Say, so I would start off with clothes on or lingerie or, you know, like a towel or something. Did anyone and- ever request that you put more clothes back on? Like, was anyone ever like, ooh, put that coat on, girl? <laughs> no, actually, no. The only thing I've had was um, somebody wanted me to try on nylons. They wanted me to, like, physically go out and buy it and then try on like different pairs of nylons (laughs) yeah they're like by the way let me see you drive (laughs) a woman driving side saddle (laughs) buy those nylons pay with your credit card oh yeah swipe that shit so uh, sorry yeah you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of this bullshit from the peanut gallery laughing at ourselves and congratulating ourselves we're so funny okay so you're doing that there's obviously interactivity and then was it at one point where you're like, I enjoy doing the voice stuff more than the film? No, someone actually introduced me to it. So while I was on live, uh, you have like the live audience. And then when a customer sees you and says like, hey, I want to do a private with you. So basically it's a private chat where no one else can see but them and they pay like a premium for it. And so... I, I have to ask this because, you know, like LeJohn could definitely tell me right now if I asked him, how much does it cost to get like a private dance at a certain strip club? He, he How would you think? No, here's the thing. I don't like private dances. I don't even like lap dances as much as I love tits and ass. I do not like lap dances. Wait, what if you're dating someone and they're doing a lap dance? I love lap dances. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, but it's uh, like going the, to the in, store. In the strip. Exactly. Yeah. I can't go home with this shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. like looking at a Barbie doll through See, the man, box. You you are my brother from <laughs> another mother. Yeah, I hate strip clubs. Yeah. They just, I, they do nothing for they don't me. They do a damn thing for me. Except when, when they have good chicken. Because there is one that has some damn good chicken that I go to. And that's mainly the reason why I go there. Can they be a sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what? That's not a good idea. I mean, whatever. <laughs> 
fucking silly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you probably forgot the fuck you were asking. I, I, I don't even know where we're at. So let's start over. The premium. So Ellie. No, the, I'm kidding. The yeah, premium. Yeah. Oh, Ellie's like my experience. So what, what does it cost to do like a private? Um, it varies, but it, the average starts at two ninety nine a minute. Do you have a minimum minute wise? Yeah, you can have a minimum. Do you have like two ninety nine a minute, minimum twenty minutes? Like twenty minutes, you're right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. See, I'm gonna be a great employee. Joe, Joe is actually <laughs> Joe, Joe's doing some research. Right I'm now. gonna be a great employee. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, here that brings me to another question. Do you do exactly what they want, or do you get to kind of like? choose or do you ever say no and do you ever get to say stuff like I'm like I'm just eating some popcorn so you do have the option or the choice to always uh, say no to a request if you don't feel comfortable with something Uh, for the most part like you usually tell them like in the public uh, chat room your do's and your don'ts okay so that way when they take you to the private it's not a surprise but there are customers that do try you of course naturally yeah yeah. How, how as far as the protections concerned, like how do you protect yourself with the customers and everything as far as them not going too crazy with their requests and things like that? And there's the cam recording software. Right. So it's like you do something that's only meant to be live. They capture it and they put it out there on right. the website. Right. That's something that you're just going to have to live with. Like, right. There's no. Are there ramifications for, let's say, somebody orders a private uh, session and then asks you to do something that you're uncomfortable with? Are there ramifications for that or no. is it completely? No, it's completely your choice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So at some point you decided, you were saying somebody introduced you to. Yeah, so there was one time when someone took me into a private and uh, he said that, hey, you know what? I really don't want to see you. Like, I actually want to talk to you on the, on the phone because you have such a beautiful voice. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that just threw me off because I just, I didn't expect that. Um, I thought men on. were visuals, <laughs> visual creatures. So I'm just like, okay, well, that's fine. So um, he told me to go to a certain site. He's like, yeah, like I have an account there. So just create one and let me know what your extension is and I will call you. And I was like, okay. And so, yeah, I think I made like $200 like off of like a 30 minute conversation. And I was like, Fuck webcamming. <laughs> yeah, that's like a 14-hour day in like, if you're like a PA. <laughs> that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I was like, okay. I didn't even know if people still did phone sex. This was in 2012. So wow. I was like, wow, like people and, still do this? And like, to this day, that continues. Right, exactly. It's a billion-dollar industry. You'd be surprised. Wow. I mean, the companies average about 100K a day. What? That's bare minimum. Like it could be possibly more. Let's let's go back a little bit to what Lejan was saying at the very beginning. There's so much taboo and stigma surrounding the sex industry. We have this like dual society where it's like sex is everything, but at the same time, sex is bad. And yet, especially people in media understand that the sex industry is a multi over and over and over billion dollar industry it might even be closer to a trillion at this point if you count all of it literally sex invented the internet sex and porn have have dictated the choices in in our media so yeah social media like live stream for instagram that's basically webcamming well and even before that let's go back to vhs versus beta beta was actually a better format vhs was cheaper and you could buy a 15 minute VHS tape and the porn makers were like, let's go with VHS. And that's why it beat out Betamax. Same thing happened with Blu-ray HD DVD lost out because the porn industry said, 
we actually like this format better. And then when the internet hit, the minute that the internet became a thing, people figured out how to put naked photos up. <laughs> it, and and we all remember it took like six and a half hours to download yeah. it. It's like you're eating at uh, Outback Steakhouse. Like, man, it's so excited. What's going on? Did yeah. you get a new job? No, no, I got. I'm just. I have something to look forward to when I get back. <laughs> and they still they still dominate. Like you said, social media. While you know Facebook and Instagram, obviously, and and those other pages aren't like directly por- pornography. Like the stuff that goes behind there and the research. It was done by the pornographers first. And so we have to come to terms with something that most Americans are spending their time or money or resources surrounding, yet simultaneously shaming ourselves as a country for it. And it's just this conundrum that is, is kind of silly. It's, it's never going to matter, though, because it's not going anywhere. As much as we want to like you know talk about those people who talk so much shit about it and everything— it's not going anywhere because we know what they're doing behind closed doors anyway. Well, that's the thing. Every time there's somebody who's taking the moral right stance against it, all of a sudden kitty porn's on their fucking computer and they're doing something that's way worse. Because there is obviously a difference right, like why between are you... pornography yeah. and, and illegal, like nasty shit. Right. Right, right. True. I, I think destigmatizing it is so important because sex is like, it's the universal language of the animal kingdom, including us slightly more evolved animals. Does that mean that you just have to not enjoy it? Actually, that's on one of our future podcasts. We're going to talk about religion and sex. I, I guess what it really comes down to is sex is not a bad thing. Sex is not a sin. If you believe it is, okay, that's fine. Then don't have sex. But for the rest of society, as soon as people were drawing on caves, Fred Flintstone was drawing uh, pornography on cave walls. If you look at ancient drawings from like Mayans and, and all kinds of other cultures, it's sex. They were drawing sex. That's why you find this old clay pottery from like Pompeii or something. The guy's got a massive boner. That's why they didn't escape during the explosion. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was busy, busy having sex. Busy chiseling sexual yeah. images into like, the wall. If that volcano could just hold on five minutes, I've almost got this penis carved finished. out perfectly. So, so you're saying there was a phone sex operation with like shrink and cans and shit and everything? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Well, you've seen the Flintstones. They pick up the shell and yeah, there's yeah. like, well, Mom. And there's like, like a dinosaur that's like it's a living (laughs) (laughs) ellie all right have you had conversations that you've came to the conclusion like you know what for this person it was more than just hearing my sexy voice i like fucking help this person you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of loneliness out there in the world um i've actually noticed like majority of my callers are married men when i talk to them and ask them like well, your wife is home, so what what are you doing on the phone with me? And basically, they're not having sex anymore. And so he wants that female energy. And uh, sometimes it's not even sexual. Sometimes we're just having a whole conversation about, you know, what's going on in the world. They tell me that they don't talk to their wives anymore. Their wives are not interested in having sex. And it's just, yeah, it's it's sad. Wow. Or they tell me about, oh, like, yeah, I just cheated on my wife and, you know, she doesn't know. Whoa. You know, things like that. So you're like a therapist, too. Like, yeah. can you give them advice? Yeah, I, I try to be, you know, I guess diplomatic in a sense. Right. But yeah, I, I throw my input here and there. And so while I'm not saying somebody who calls to have phone sex is unhealthy about sex, I, I think there obviously is a bigger problem if it's people who are escaping from a bad marriage. When they should be working on the marriage, right? But maybe it's a starting point. I don't know. 
That's a good question. Here's my inner Catholic. Women would only want to be involved in any kind of sex industry work if they were really in dire straits and desperate. Um, no, I don't think that's true. I think some women are actually uh, very liberal when it comes to their sexual appetite. So I don't think you have to necessarily be in a dire situation. But you were in a desperate situation. Yeah, I was in a desperate situation. Um, I think about that a lot, too, because my family was, I don't want to say like super gung-ho religious, but I was raised as a Catholic. I have a lot of denominations uh, in my family, Protestant, Baptist, Lutheran, all of that. And And all of them hate sex. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And I know at that time, if I would have told anyone what I was doing, it would have been a conversation that I just wouldn't want to be a part of. So the fact that you're still doing it, you must still just be desperate or someone's got a gun to your head. No, actually, I've realized like I'm really good at it. And I'm having fun <laughs> with it. And you're making good money. Right, exactly. At, at home. And you're not leaving You're not leaving your house and you're doing just phone? Just phone, yeah. Yeah, like I talk to people on the phone all the time and I don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, I'd like to talk to your manager. <laughs> so you, what you're telling me is there are women who work in the sex industry, whether it's webcamming or phone sex operators or, you know, work in one of those sex shops kind of thing. You're telling me that there isn't somebody forcing them to do this? I would hope not, but I don't think so. I haven't come across that. So women actually enjoy sex? Because I've been taught that men want sex and women only are willing to provide it when love is on the other side. You're or maybe not doing a ring. it right. <laughs> I'll show you a map later. That's China. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong word. Mm. <laughs> Close. Y'all fucking ridiculous. <laughs> when I went through my phases, especially my past relationships, when it comes to sex, I didn't start enjoying it until like I really learned my body. And once you learn your body as a female, like it's just sex becomes like this crazy just fantastic whole situation that is like you always want it um i think more than more than men go on (laughs) but um if you don't really know your body because from what i've understood like a lot of women have never even had an orgasm some women just have sex just out of just i guess like a chore like okay i'm supposed to do this I do laundry you know, i gotta go grocery shopping i gotta <laughs> we've all seen either candidly or through stories somebody in that relationship where the wife is like if you're good and you do this i'll have sex with you like the husband's like i'm gonna have sex yeah you're married like, it's been like six months you're like what the Whoa. hell what How- yeah <laughs> i'm laughing i can't believe it Yeah, no man would willingly sign up for it, but I think it becomes that. And I'm certainly not putting it on the woman. The sex industry, what the the downside of it is because it's an outlet and an outlet's fine. But when somebody replaces what should be a normal, healthy sexual appetite and relationship with the people around them, like the people who have literal porn addictions or the people who it's like, I'm not willing to have this kind of conversation with my wife. Because I've never asked. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I've had callers tell me that they are into a lot of like sexual taboos that their wife has no clue about. Uh, I know one guy would call and he was like, yeah, when my wife isn't around, like I wear her panties. This is great. How does phone sex work? 
I don't mean the content. But where do you put the phone? <laughs> so like in middle school, we figured out a 900 number. It was like 1-900 boobies or something. I don't know what it was. But we would call it from the the school phone. Remember when school still had pay phones in like the hallway? Oh, I do. If you had to call your parents. So like we'd call it and be like, you've reached boobies line or whatever. And you're like sitting there like, yeah, neat. Now, of course, you couldn't get a hold of anyone, but that's what it was. It was all 900 and 800 numbers back then. I'm assuming it's evolved way past that. Right, yeah. Um, it's still like a like 1-800 number. Um, but do they get it? Like, is there a choice? Like, what happens if I'm the caller? Like, what happens when I call you in, in like two hours? <laughs> <laughs> so you would uh, call the line and uh, you would have to first put in your credit and card information that just verifies that you are over the age of 18 and you have funds to continue because <laughs> no 14 year old kid could get his dad's credit card yeah. <laughs> right but that's even better <laughs> right and uh then you just kind of just browse through profiles like after you set everything up on your account you get the option to just press each uh number prompt and uh what are these prompts like do they describe the person that you would talk to no, so it'll just be like girls who are available online right now and you'll click through and it'll you'll hear their greeting. So it'll say, hey, my name is Jessica. I'm 26 calling from Atlanta. And right now I'm just home alone and just got out the shower. I'm dripping wet. Uh, if you want to play with me, press three. You know, so let's connect. Is wow. the caller and I hate to like pull back the curtain here, but is the caller under the assumption that these girls are just randomly calling this yeah, thing they, too? They are under the impression that these are local girls who are hot and horny. So like they could, after talking on the phone, possibly over. meet okay. them. Right. Does there need to be a disclaimer that's like actually... You're not going to No, do that. they prefer us not to let them know that uh, we are getting paid. So, for example, some some callers will ask, like, hey, are you getting paid for this? Or like, no, I'm just hot and horny. <laughs> so have you ever had people where they're Which, like, OK, well, give me your phone number, your home number. All the I'll time. Call. Yeah. All the time. Because I got to yeah. save this money. But yeah, okay. all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's not completely out of the question because. Some of the dating apps, some of those, the guys pay and the girls don't have to. Whoa. Because the girls, let's be honest. I mean, same thing with like clubs. Guys are paying this like, you know, girls are never charged a, a, a door. We pay a high price, but it's in systematic oppression. I, yeah. That's that's how old and boring I am. I couldn't remember the term cover charge. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they, the, the guy at the door has money. <laughs> All right. So there, are there... I'm certain you have repeats. You have. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Repeats. Regulars are the bulk of your income. Did, did they figure it out yet? It's like you're hot and horny again. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're always right out of the shower. Yeah, you just stepped out of the shower right now again. They don't give a what fuck. What is your water bill? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. So for the most part, I don't think many guys can. uh discern whether or not they're talking to the same girl because i feel like after a while we probably all start sounding the same oh yeah and usually they're drunk you know mm -hmm. so it's like so one day if if i recognize a guy called earlier you know if i told him my name was jessica then today i'm ashley you know oh, so you use a different name yeah every so time i'll too. use a different name just so that way you know they're not oh wait, hold on did i just speak hey, to you? you know how um i've seen uber drivers and the customers say look check this out man i'm just gonna call you you know, forget about this Uber fee and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Does that happen sometimes? Oh, of course. All so the time. So you just disregard, I mean, you know, disregard the service. And when they... I was younger and new in the game, I did do that. Uh, but 
I was I was wrong. <laughs> it was definitely a mistake in the sense where you get stalkers. So I've given out my number in the, in the early, early stages. And I remember there was this old gentleman. He must have been like 75 years old. And he we must have spoken on the phone for what? two hours and let me i'm like wow like he's spending all this money um talking to me on the phone so when he asked me like hey you know can i talk to you uh personally 101 you know i'll still pay you in the center third i'm like okay no problem he's like i'm wasting my grandkids inheritance <laughs> and so i you know gave him my number but he would not stop calling me he would call five six seven times a day but still paid though right no he oh. wasn't paying me like he wasn't so it's just like he just would not i had to eventually block him because i just i couldn't so i imagine there are a lot of horror stories of course there's always the one where it works out where you know that your stalker starts a podcast and he invites you on and that's fine <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> um how did you know that <laughs> <laughs> you made a lot of mistakes because why i didn't have any training I didn't have any guidance. Um, the companies don't train the girls. They kind of just hire anyone and everyone. Um, it's There's a big turnover rate uh, when it comes to the phone sex industry. Why is that, you think? Oh, they want different positions. <laughs> the callers or Somehow the I made a dad joke about right. sex. <laughs> no, that honestly was... That was clever. Yes. That was clever. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> We're currently uh, crowd surfing that. <laughs> no, but uh, what was I asking? Yeah. You, why was the turnover rate? Yeah. Why is the turnover rate high? Uh, the turnover rate is high because it's draining. It's mentally draining, number one. Um, a lot of guys call with very sick, disturbing perversions. And if you aren't mentally stable yourself, I'm sure it could take a drastic toll on somebody. Like violent? Um, yeah, there's violence. Um, there's just, you know, bestiality is huge too. Like that, I was surprised. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you want to talk, do it uh, like a dog. <laughs> like also there's like meow, this meow. world where it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You want to call and talk to a dog. <laughs> you want to be <laughs> Meow, meow. Let me talk you off, George. No, not like that. (laughs) No, but sorry. In this bestiality situation, are you someone who's like the dog owner? No. So a lot of guys call just to uh, tell someone about their sex capades. So a lot of times uh, they will just be like, hey, you know, I just had this crazy sexual experience. I need somebody to uh, talk to about it. And so one guy calls me and he was like, yeah, you know, I wanted to share um, sexual stories and um, I just wanted to know if you're okay with um, canine action. And I'm just like... Canine action. I just went along with it because I I didn't believe it was really a dog. Maybe it was some other sexual fetish that I wasn't aware of. Maybe he's in the police force (laughs) working with a drug dog. Right. Or I dated a chick whose name was canine or something like that. Right. Or that's a new drug on the street. He was like a dentist or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Drill that tooth. Right. So as a phone sex operator, you kind of just go with the flow of most calls. And uh, now my question is, how much of it do you think is true? 
I think a lot of it is true. Yeah, because they call they because they can feel safe in that. Yeah, anonymity. it's completely anonymous. So Aside from I, your credit card info. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think they do lie on their penis size. Absolutely. Because for whatever I think reason, wait, a guy lies about his penis. Speaking of which, that's I heard ridiculous. that subway footlongs are actually not even twelve inches; that they're eleven, which <laughs> makes sense that someone's lying about length. <laughs> I don't know. I trust Jared. Yeah, yeah. Jared seems like a really honest guy. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick musical break, and we're going to actually introduce a band that is amazing, and they play tours and shows across the country. They did a cover of a pretty famous song recently, so I want to introduce you guys to the bandmates of Titans in Time. Thanks for joining us, guys. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Can you introduce yourselves real quick and what you do in the band? Yeah, I'm Matt. Um, I play drums in Titans in Time, and songwrite with these other guys that are here i'm zach and i play guitar in the band my name is joshua and i'm the bass player in the band and so we're only missing your singer on this call for the moment there's a surprise typical <laughs> zach and josh are the newest members in the band we play all original music we do a couple covers here and there but you know generally we've gone as far east as philly and as far west as denver what was the inspiration like wh- how would you guys describe what your passion was behind the type of music the genre and your audience that you connect with. As I was mentioning, since like, this is like a really like new revitalized version of Titans in time, we all have like a really different background and different perspectives, which I think is like pretty unique for us. I mean, it really is a 25% split between each member. Everyone's got a voice. Everyone's got something to say. And we all listen to each other. I mean, you know, for being a rock band, there's zero egos around here. You know, you want to call us like a hard rock or metal band or whatever. That seems to be what the consensus is, but it's really kind of um, home for me, at least. I mean, I started off in punk rock bands when I was young, and then I grew up real quickly into the metal scene, and then I kind of deviated from that, and I played in, I mean, you name it, I was in a country cover band at one point, um, but, you know, now I'm back home in the metal and rock scene, so for me, this is just like, you know, it's like riding a bike. Yeah, I got into the... I guess rock, metal, kind of progressive scene. I just kind of got swooped up by a Cleveland local band because my roommate at the time was friends with the drummer. And, you know, it kind of transitioned into Titans in Time. You guys aren't just some grunge garage band. You guys have actually done some shit and you have some legitimate companies who back you. We actually have a... uh a partnership or endorsement with Spirit Airlines. It's one of those things like we want to take advantage of it more. And obviously COVID has kind of restricted that. But if we want to do a one-off show in Florida or something, Spirit will take care of us. And they're going to laugh once I say it. But so technically we have an endorsement with Cold Cock Whiskey. <laughs> no, actually, that plays perfectly into this episode. So keep going. <laughs> the whiskey like brand is owned by Carrie King, the uh, guitar player of Slayer. Oh, oh, LeJohn just went like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's fun when you get partnerships, when you get you know a team built around you to help push you and push each other, really. And you guys are all regular people who have nine to five jobs, I assume, and are still like doing this thing on the side because that's what you're passionate about. That's what you love. And that's what makes it really cool. Can we talk uh, for a second about uh, the song we're about to hear, which is a cover of a famous song that we all grew up hearing? Yeah, so the the song we covered is called Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. It's that classic 80s song that everybody knows, but they don't realize they know it. Because you hear the song and you're like, I wear my son. And then you know the words. You know all the words. I'm a big 80s hair guy. You know, we decided we we're going to do this song. We we're all just like, yep 
Yeah, I mean, especially like for me, like growing up, I think the police, I mean, Sting in particular was like one of the reasons why I'm a bass player as it is today. You know, I think Roxanne was one of the first songs that I was like, ooh, what's that low part of that song? Like, I want to learn how to do that. In the meantime, I hope you guys are wearing your sunglasses at night and not a single one of you has sunglasses on. I'm so, <laughs> so saddened by that. This week's Snacks, Sips, and Sweets is Crumbs on the Table, LLC. When I say Crumbs on the Table, we're talking about cookies here, okay? He dropped off four different types of cookies. You got the standard chocolate chip, which is beyond standard because I have one. You have a strawberry quick, just like the strawberry quick syrup that you use for like the milk and everything. It's delicious. What else do we got here? We had like a chocolate chip pecan one. Yeah. And by the way, there are no crumbs on the table because I think we sucked up every single one. <laughs> exactly. Delicious. Yes. And I just had the oatmeal butterscotch which I don't even think I use teeth because I just destroyed it, man. So, yeah, Crumbs on the Table LLC, run by Sean Davis. All orders are by the dozen. Um, you can reach him on Instagram at crumbs underscore on underscore the underscore table underscore LLC. He calls himself just one man in an oven, and we're actually going to make that one man in a, in a crew and a whole bunch of ovens because we're going to have everybody checking out these amazing cookies. Uh, I'm going to lick up these crumbs. I'm going to lick my finger and then dab up all of these crumbs and put these crumbs just deep into my mouth because that's how good these cookies are. No one will pay $2.99 a minute for this. I'm just <laughs> You were saying that you need like good mental health to deal with this. What some of these customers are asking of you or saying, do you ever hear anything that's like so nefarious or maybe illegal activity that you need to report it? And also, is there a policy for that? I don't know of any policy for reporting. Um, they kind of tell you like loosely like, hey, you should, you know, use your best judgment on what to talk about and what not to talk about. Um, as far as reporting someone, I just don't entertain the call if I feel like it's headed towards, a, a, I guess, a gray area. Or, okay. Yeah. What happens if they pay and then let's say they start talking about something where they're like, I'm going <laughs> to something terrifying, like chop you up or I just chapped up some lady and she's in a barrel. Like, do oh, you just okay. hang up? Do you still that, get paid? I've never had What's that kind that? of call, yeah. and, but I would probably hang up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you still get paid? No, I mean, if once I hang up, the connection is, you know. What you were saying about loneliness, you even kind of mentioned, it's not all about sex. It's about intimacy. 
do some of them realize that maybe that kind of stuff is covered by their health insurance and they could see a therapist? Because there are such things as like sex therapists and there are people who will like listen to this stuff. It sounds like a lot of people have stuff to work through and I'm not saying everyone and I am certainly not judging the people who call this. Some people just have fetishes that can't be met by any tangible thing. And I'd much prefer them to call and have a conversation with somebody like you than do something that's really self-destructive. But sounds like there are a handful of them who call who, like you said, are lonely. Like they feel like they can't be themselves around the people in their life. Yeah, so most people, they don't want to tell their significant others their deepest, uh, darkest sexual fantasies. Uh, They feel like they would be looked at differently and uh, they probably don't want that humiliation that may come with it. Uh, so they would just prefer to keep it bottled in. I guess as a man, I kind of understand that. And I hate to, I'm not trying to overgeneralize there, but there's sick things that enter our minds sometimes. And and I think sometimes we're, we try to unpack whether or not they're even in the category of sex. It's just kind of like weird stuff. And so in a healthy relationship, you can tell your partner pretty much anything and everything. And you should, because you want to be loved for who you are. But we've all been in the ones that are unhealthy. I mean, you're already judged on the things that they see. You can only imagine how judged you'll be on the things they don't see. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you get, have you ever had, <laughs> John's like, I don't date. I just kind of do my thing. <laughs> I've had people judge me. And I've also, I, you know what? I went on a date with somebody who was a comedian magician, which is already a red flag. <laughs> they um, sound hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> but then he just called me up and wanted me to have phone sex with him. But out of nowhere. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to have phone sex right now. But if I was into it, if I was prepared, maybe I would have like, plan something you're like what's my motivation the well, actor also, i was like you just dropped me off why couldn't we just like, <laughs> like why did you just drop me off not hook up with me and then just try to have phone sex with me because so, that's what gets them off well yeah. but i wasn't getting 2.99 a minute yeah ah. <laughs> good good uh-huh. point why don't give it away for free that's what all the moms want to teach you know their what? daughter like honestly god bless that guy like good for him and also i was pretty sexually repressed anyway at that time I think that there are a lot of things that women are like you need to be this that and the other for your man and you know the fact that Cosmo and Seventeen first off there's a magazine called Seventeen that has sex advice that Seventeen does sex advice? Really? I, I think know. so well, you know what? <laughs> and, and look I'm not saying that 17-year-olds shouldn't have sex because let's be honest, most 17-year-olds are having sex. Yeah, It's just like, it's just a mixed message society that we live in yes. where it's just like, sex is your currency for women. Sex is your currency, yeah. but also how dare you use it? Mm. And then also sex work is bad. You shouldn't enjoy it and you shouldn't make money. You know, but you also, 17 ways to please your man. I don't know. It's just crazy because it's also like gold diggers are a thing, yeah. you know? Um and sex work is the oldest profession in the I wish world. More, I wish more. I wish more women said this. Said you know, what? What I'm saying? What you're saying? Like well, the, the how much is, is bullshit? The thing know? is, yeah, is they bullshit. do, but it's usually 
in small circles because they get really quickly, and we've talked about privilege, and it's a male privilege too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how dare you talk about this? Because as soon as sex is a fun thing for you, I'm afraid you're going to run out and try to look for right. it. Right, and for men, it's like all about the conquest, and it's like, high five, dude, good job having that sex last night or hitting up that girl, this girl, and the other girl. But as soon as the woman you're a slut. talks- Yeah, exactly, which is- fucking whack yeah, yeah it's a double standard and it's, like, and it's ridiculous but we've been taught from the, like the beginning of time even the bible i mean king david david was a hero he, he beat goliath david eventually becomes a king and it's like oh it's this boy hero who defeated the giant and he's in love with this woman he's lusting after her but she's married so he puts her husband on the front lines of a battle to make sure that he's killed so he can go bang her, that dude's wife and the point is the Bible and any kind of like religious text, look at, look at Islam, uh, you'll get all these virgins in heaven. So the woman is, sex is your currency, like you said. And for the man, that's your value. That's what you get out of it. If you play your cards right and you're a good person, you'll get sex. Even Greek myths, it's like Odysseus was gone for 20 years and it was like this love having story sex of, on an island while his sex, wife stayed at home right while there's suitors after her and yeah. she's like oh i'm gonna weave a blanket and unweave it every night to try to like put yeah. off having sex with these Release dudes that sexual tension yeah. and then like odysseus is just fucking like witches and shit for years He's and on then an island having orgies with all these women and then everyone's like, like oh guy. penelope is such a faithful wife and it's like penelope should be pissed as fuck right now well there's nothing wrong with fucking witches but, no, but there's the- nothing <laughs> wrong with fucking witches but at the same time why is penelope gotta like bat off all these other suitors right exactly no, i get you, know you what i mean that. it's just like it's so, double standard so on that note those who know what you do if you oh yeah, Ellie's here. <laughs> so those who know what you do, have you heard that? Have you heard that? Oh, how dare you uh, entertain this type of industry and all this kind of shit and everything? And, and how do you deal with it? Well, if so, tying into that question, who knows what you do and what are their reactions? Like my immediate family knows. Um, my mother actually uh, proofread my phone sex manual. <laughs> That's a good mom. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. What, what issues did she find with it? Grammatical errors. Just grammatical like. errors. <laughs> Yo, that's a good mom finding the grammatical error. She's like, honey, I think you're very smart, but you misspelled dick. Right. <laughs> you're using the wrong dick. <laughs> it shouldn't be capitalized. That's a name. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So um, I haven't had too many pushback with um when i when i do tell people everybody is usually just very curious about it like really wow okay i didn't know that existed you know things like that how has phone sex work improved your life or enhanced it um it actually helped me understand men better um i feel that i get the privilege to have some kind of like premium club access kind of thing to the the boys club right the boys yeah. club or the or the inner workings of this shit that men don't even share with each other sometimes right exactly yeah, that makes sense yeah um one thing that i found that was quite interesting is like a lot of white men are into black penises for some weird reason <laughs> really yes matt you didn't tell me that <laughs> Why do you think you're on this podcast? <laughs> and I'm I'll, I will I will definitely chalk this up to me being ignorant. Why are they calling to talk to a woman to talk about a black penis? They are fascinated with the stereotypical like it's big, it's you know what white girls want. 
and they just they wish they had a black penis or they wish they could a black penis with a white penis's income (laughs) (laughs) right exactly that is the most we just touched on every taboo right there in that statement makes me wish i can rent my penis yeah yeah yeah. and there we go so there when you say fascinated fascinated as in a you know, like when you have an enemy and you're like always complaining about them and it's like, you're obsessed with this person. Or like, I'm right. not obs-. Is it like that? Yeah, it's like that. So um, it's not like, I wish I wish my black friend would have sex with me. Sometimes well, it's I'm like sure, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 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 Okay, so it's, it's white man's black penis envy. Mm, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think a really important thing is to destigmatize sex work um, and phone sex work. How do you think the world would be better if it was decriminalized i think people would be less uh judgmental about uh different things that people are into sexually as long as it's uh consenting adults and it's not harming anyone i think everything should be you know up for discussion i feel like if it was decriminalized it would be easier to make it only consenting adults versus like sex slave or right or a lot of times people as I've watched in movies, you like get a hooker or a stripper and then that's when like a crime happens because you think that you can commit a crime against a sex worker. Do you think that there are ways that we can make sex work safer? That's a good question. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely going to take um, a community effort, I guess. People who are really um, activists in that arena for it to be truly safe. But um, I honestly don't see that happening. Um, Just with phone sex in general, there are people who are into consensual, non-consensual situation. Role play. play. Right. So it's like, okay, basically you want to rape me. Right. And so we have to think like. But you asked if you could rape me. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so I feel like. It's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, okay, for you to even ask that question. Is that something that you need to look into about yourself? Like, is that... How has that affected you, like, as a woman? Because I imagine you also are sexually active in a personal uh, realm. Does that enter when you're like, some dude just fucking asked if he could rape me? Like, is that... How do you, you know, deal with that stuff? It's It's interesting because, like I said, a majority of my callers are white males. In my personal <laughs> life, like, I don't necessarily... Uh, have sexual relations with white males. So Tyler's going to change that. <laughs> I, I, I think we have some racial issues to unpack there with you, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> and how can Tyler change your mind? <laughs> um, so Tyler's boosting this audio hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't, you know, I've never had sex with a white guy. So I haven't. I really can't say much to that. Yeah, so if I was in that situation, maybe that would uh, play a part in um, hesitation. Because of all the things that I've heard and that they're into secretly. Here's what I'll say to that, actually, is I kind of get it. Because uh, those of us who were raised in kind of the, you know, evangelical or purist kind of standpoints, we are raised to believe sex is bad. Yeah. And and when you get sex, it's because you've done something really good and you've earned it. And it was from your wife and your wife only. And it's it's such... And a kid better come out in nine yeah. months. Yeah. And so it's such a backwards thing. And it took a lot of unpacking as an adult to say, I have a lot of 
internal issues about sex that even I didn't realize were there. I had to unpack them myself. And it's not something I'll ever just like fix and one day it'll be it'll be gone. But we're raised to believe so many wrong and horrible very destructive things. And that's why destigmatizing this stuff is important, not just for women, but also for men and, and especially apparently white men. White men, stop doing weird shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't stop it because Ellie Boo needs this money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, yeah, yeah. So do you get calls from women? No, I've in my whole like phone sex career, like I've probably maybe encountered like three like, really? It, women don't call the line. We don't need to call. Right. Yeah, yeah women don't need to. a minute. Or actually, no, I want to say a few, but it's usually like their partner or boyfriend or husband calls and then she's on the line too. That I could see that being hot for that guy. Well, apparently the point I was trying to make, my wife just told me, it's sexist to say that women don't or can't pay for sex. And of course they can and do. Well, it's, that's true. It's happened for me. I have been bought. Hell yeah, girl. I went, there. <laughs> I went there. I went there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what, what five bucks? What was your price? <laughs> a, a Big Mac? <laughs> a pizza? A Big Mac and a compliment, yeah. <laughs> so, Ellie, you said earlier that when you were starting out, there was no training, there was no manual, and and it sounded like you were starting to say that you've started to create something. Yeah, so um, I found it valuable to have some kind of, uh, I guess you can say a script of sorts, Um when starting a call because the most nerve-wracking situation for a first-time new phone sex operator is okay when this phone rings what do i say and can i keep this conversation going right and it's not welcome to good burger home of the good burger can i take you <laughs> right burger? yeah yeah i took that into consideration and i kind of did like a little survey i started a uh, facebook group uh for women who wanted to work from home and uh, I just kind of just surveyed women who were interested and see like, hey, would you be interested in something like this? Would this be helpful? And um, yeah, the response was overwhelming. A lot of women were interested in the phone sex industry and didn't know how to get started. And when they did get started, they didn't know what to say, how to say. They didn't really understand the uh, different acronyms. And when I did further research on just the potential customers, there's about... Last time I checked, I want to say about 20,000 people every month, like actively typing in phone sex in the Google search bar. And um, when you go to the uh, analytics of this, the sites that I was working for, it's like over, what, 10 million people a month. What? Just on. Just on, just on the one. Uh, website. Yeah. Just a lot of people just. Did you add into the manual anywhere about. Not just the script, but like you were saying, you made a lot of mistakes early on or some of those right, things. Yeah, in there. I definitely talked about that. Like, especially not don't giving give out your, your actual. Info. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, don't let them know where you really live, you know, things like that. Um, but if you do tell them a, a place that you live, say, for example, like I use Atlanta now that I'm not in Atlanta anymore. Well, we're recording this in Atlanta, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Tyler Perry Studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, now that I'm not there anymore, so I, I use Atlanta. And weirdly enough, or coincidentally enough, there's a lot of people like, oh, I just, you know, came uh, from Atlanta or, oh, I live there too. And then so they'll start asking you about like, oh, do you know the city or how close, you know? So like, I know Atlanta. So like, yeah, I play along. Um, Do you so. eat at Varsity Burger? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is really good. Is that you on the Marta? <laughs> I 
<laughs> Can't wait to get in on these jokes. <laughs> oh, so Atlanta's a city in Georgia. <laughs> Georgia by Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so have you have you turn this into a business as in yeah so um i sell it on the site phonesexebook.com because some people are surprisingly not computer savvy even in 2020 and so i do screenshots so from from step one to step you know so is it specific to the site yeah it's specific to the site exactly Mm -hmm. i was going to ask had you ever had a conversation with somebody like you know what I genuinely dig this person. I actually probably wouldn't mind meeting. Yeah. Um, like I said, in the beginning, I did make some mistakes. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> mistakes. So um, I ended up meeting two, two different guys. Um, the first one, he was actually a really cool person. Um, like I just wasn't physically attracted to him. A situation where his voice was a whole lot better than his face. Yeah, basically, like right. Me. Or yeah. he had a good personality. <laughs> you can certainly be attracted to someone's personality. True. H- have you ever come across a situation where like, you can tell that you can genuinely help this person be better in their marriage relationship and everything else, yet... They keep that time going up. It's like, well, I'll keep this advice. To right, myself. I want to keep them coming back, <laughs> exactly. so yeah. the marriage should stay broken. <laughs> exactly. But I have an easy solution. Right. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like if they don't ask me a direct question or um, imply that they want a response from me, like I just let them talk. So a lot of it's listening. Yeah. So that's... you're like doing the laundry, walking the dog. Like... <laughs> right. If right. I got paid to listen, that'd be great. <laughs> Because I could put them on mute. There's some, they they say the weirdest things or they just. Horny white guys say the darndest things. <laughs> Unfortunately, Bill Cosby is still the host. Oh, God. <laughs> so I asked you when we talked before the podcast if this was a 40 hour a week job. No, it's definitely not. A, it can be if I wanted it to be. But, but you said it's not because. It's mentally draining. Do you feel like some of it sometimes flows over? Are there episodes or moments that you feel like that was too much there are times where which i'm grateful like it doesn't happen too often uh because most guys will be upfront and say like hey um i'm into like you know underage stuff like are you like into pushing that? them on the swing and um i let's would just, let's just go with that yes yeah and i would you know Tell them flat out, no, I'm not into that. I have a little one, so like, no, I'm not going to entertain that. It's just really weird that we're in a society where we sexualize infantilizing people. Yeah. And also it's 1,000% illegal. (laughs) It's just like there's something going on where like how connected is Bill Clinton to Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on with old men liking little girls? (sighs) Pedophilia is not okay. No, I don't even know if it's okay for the Going There podcast. No, it's not. It, you it's, know what? Yeah. I do know it's not okay for the Going yeah, There podcast. Yeah. It's, it's that fucked up. Ellie, I do have a couple questions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to get one point across about what it's like to be you, what it's like to be, you know, working in the sex industry and, you know, yeah, what that is like, how you would destigmatize it, what you want people to take away from you know, your interaction. I think I'm just doing community service. I love that. I think that's the what I'm doing. Like, that's just plain and simple. I'm, your wife doesn't want to listen to you or you don't want to talk to your wife and you need someone else. I'm just getting paid 
to be that listening ear. The way you've described this, it's something that you found that you're good at, you actually enjoy, but it's still work. Yeah, definitely. And as somebody who is raised Catholic, who still has, you still have a moral compass. Right. And you are able to do this. Is there something that you want people to know to take that stigma away Anybody who does phone sex is bad. Um, I would just say to keep an open mind. Don't be judgmental. Yeah. And so I'll just throw my two cents in after that, which is essentially those people have those feelings and those fetishes and those fantasies anyway. And when things stay bottled up, good, bad or whatever, it's not healthy. And you got to talk to somebody. And I don't care if it's somebody who is getting paid through a phone sex service or getting paid through a therapy service. You still need to get it out of you. And and feeling bad about who you are and how you feel and how your mind works is just not okay. I'm not okay with that. First of all, white dudes, get your shit together. Secondly, Ellie... I so much appreciate you coming on here. And the fact that you can talk about it and not do it in such a way where you you have a chip on your shoulder is a beautiful thing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. I, I rarely talk about this, but yes, I, ha- I do have a psychology degree. And my favorite practices in psychology is the talking cure. And I always used to say, I don't care who you reveal it to. I don't care who you talk to. Uh, if it's a rock, for that matter, I don't care if it's, it's a family member or you know, a significant other or whatever, get it out. Because that's a part of the healing process is to hear it from outside of your own mouth. And if you can help in that situation, if you can help in that regard, that's fantastic. And I think it's just important to destigmatize all of these things that we are against, but secretly 100% funding because um, it's going to keep women safer, healthier. It's going to keep everyone safer and healthier as long as we you know, can be just like open and honest about what the hell is going on? This was very enlightening, very informative, and Tyler now knows who to call. Exactly. <laughs> Plugs for Ellie? You can go ahead and check out my website, phonesexebook.com, and purchase my manual, Flirt and Earn Gifts, Work From Home as a Phone Sex Operator. That's a good reminder to everybody, just keep an open mind, not just about sex, but about all of these taboo topics, because there are so many more things that make us similar than things that make us different. So what did you think of this episode? Let us know by giving us a rating, leaving us a review, subscribing, sharing with a friend, or just shouting into the void. Maybe we'll hear it. Again, thank you to Crumbs on the Table. That was some awesome food, and I am a dessert lover, and those cookies were the shit. And also check out Titans in Time, and thank you again for the band. Amazing cover of one of those famous songs by Mr. Corey Hart. We have a music video in the works for Sunglasses at Night, so keep an eye out for that. Um, As well, we'll be releasing new music in 2021. Anything you find for Titans in Time, um, pretty much every social media handle, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, it's all at Titans in Time, um, as well as TitansinTime.com, but definitely stream our music on Spotify. We just went there. Now we want you to go to Instagram at The Going There Podcast, Facebook at Going There Podcast, or email us at goingtherepodcast at gmail.com.
This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsay Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Kelly, and Bobby Thomas. 